It's Jess from Milk Stains and Meltdowns. Welcome to my podcast, Spilled Milk. Today, I'm spilling all of my milk on my separation. Um, it's no secret now that I have been separated since November, and I kind of announced it to the world, I guess, last week. And since then, I have had, I don't want to be that influencer that's like, I've had so many questions about it, but I've had so many questions about it, which is granted. I mean, he was also a part of Milk Stains and Meltdowns when I was like mom blogger. And uh, so, yeah, there's obviously questions and concerns. And so here I am cleaning up the mess and answering your questions on my separation milk. Um, so last week I asked if you guys had any questions, ask me anything at all. And literally most questions had to do with my separation. So I was like, I'm just going to spill the milk because really, why wouldn't I? We talk all the time about like big events in life and we brag about them. And like, you know, when we got married, when we got engaged, we like broadcast to the world. And I'm not saying that like when you get separated, you need to celebrate, but if you want to celebrate, that's okay too. And if you want to talk about it, then you should have a space that you can talk about it. Thankfully, like I have a really good support system. So I was able to deal with the chaos and the emotions and the whirlwind before I announced it to the world. I, I dealt with it with my family and I went to therapy and, you know, until before I was ready to like fully tell you guys, take the time that you need. But like a separation shouldn't be something that you're ashamed of. Sometimes an ending can be a brand new beginning and it can be for the better. And we are co-parenting and we are hoping for the best for each other. We just ultimately didn't work out. But here are my answers to your um, to your burning questions. Okay, and I just need to do a disclaimer because I'm not trying to say that like separation is the answer if you are in similar situations or separation is like really an option. I'm I, I'm not trying to be like like advocate for um, divorce or anything like that. I'm just trying to explain our situation, what ultimately was the demise and like how it broke down and just answer your questions and maybe normalize separation a little bit more. Um, people kind of like, and it's so funny cause it's kind of annoying. Like when people break up, you have to like creep their Instagram or creep their social media to be like, you're like, have they been tagged in a photo with that person in a long time? And it's like, just tell us, are you together or are you not? So like <laughs> once I started getting like a bunch of those questions, I was like, okay, it's time that I, I share with the world. I'm just not like the type of person to be secretive. I Ultimately, we all have our shit and no one is innocent in a separation. I don't think like whether it's 3070 or 2080 or even 1090, like ultimately two people have to break down a marriage. Um, but I just want to like normalize separation. Like 50% of marriages end in divorce, I think. I mean, that's a pretty solid that's a pretty confident stat to say, but I'm going to Google it. <laughs> I think it is like half or just over half in the States anyway. Um, I don't know if that matters, but they end in divorce. So like 50% of us, let's just say, okay, even 40, let's just, let's say 40, 40% of us like in North America go through this all of the time. And 
no one talks about it because we're embarrassed. But like, why are we embarrassed if we chose something that is to better everyone? Like ultimately when your marriage is breaking down and no one is happy, literally no one is happy. So what is the alternative? Everyone just kind of lives in suffrage. Like not that it was. So like, what's the alternative? Everyone just lives in like this chaos or just kind of settles for this type of life. I don't think that's fair either. So I mean, yeah, I know I'm going to get the haters that are like, you married him, you should stay together, all of those things. But like, ultimately you weren't in our shoes. You have no idea. And no one has a say in the way that you live your life. If you didn't pay for my wedding, if you're not paying for my divorce, it's really none of your business. So, um, on that note, I'm here to answer some questions. It's an all the way to the end for like the burning questions. Um, so I'm going to answer the, I mean, the most asked question. Um, there was one that asked it in like the best way possible. And I really respected the way that they, this person asked. Um, some people asked like, did someone cheat? Did like, And then other people were like, what happened? That's it. Just like what happened? And it's just like, it's a little bit heartless. Like we're going through a, like we're still human on this side. Like we're going through a separation. Um, Just, just like be a little kind when you ask questions. So a few people asked if it was his drinking and like ultimately, yes, that was like, and if you've listened to my podcast about alcoholism, you'll get a little bit of an understanding of like what we went through. Um, for the last five years with his drinking, six years with his drinking. So like that isn't a secret. Like that isn't a secret. Um, my ex has alcoholism and he has problematic drinking. So when ultimately like, yes, it was the demise of our marriage was the drinking because so many things happened while he was drinking, like the lack of respect and the lashing out. And I know that like alcoholism is rooted in trauma and all of those things but instead of like going inward and like reaching out to me and like showing his vulnerability he would lash out and say some really horrible things that ultimately like you can't take back and I know like drunk words or like when you're drunk you don't really mean it or when you're but like drunk words are sober thoughts and the way that he would come at me just out of nowhere about like lashing out or like there was tiptoeing and it was just it was so hard to live with someone with an addiction like I eventually and a lot of people have messaged me and been like did you give up on him blah 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 I didn't give up on him let me make that very very clear I didn't give up on him he didn't want to get better he doesn't want to give up drinking so I'm also not going to be the one that stands around and watches someone deteriorate or make bad decisions or be dangerous and and chaotic and scary and make me feel uncomfortable when like I've asked and I've done everything I could to support him. So no, yes, the drinking was the main issue, but I mean, he's not entirely at fault either. I think I probably could have dealt with it better. And it's teaching me that I need to like, I still have a lot of tools that I need to learn. And I probably need to be a little bit more compassionate with people. And, um, you know, in my next relationship, just like instead of reacting so fast, like I need to learn how to respond and like talk and also not meet someone's meet someone's lashing out with lashing out you know it just becomes toxic and it wasn't good anymore like we had no respect and then someone asked was there a specific incident 
or did it break down over time? And that is like, that's hard because there was a specific incident that like broke the camel's back. And I was just like, there's no coming back from this. Like he in November said a really, really harsh sentence to me. Um, after I had asked him to like show me some affection dynamic between my ex and I became very much like a caretaker and, um, like almost, he wasn't like a son, but like, I still had to like carry everything through, you know, like I had to take care of everything. I was responsible of everything. It wasn't really a partnership. It was very much a caretaker and like someone taking all of my energy to be able to maintain their lifestyle and make sure that everything's lines up all the time. I could never depend on anybody else because drinking always came first. And that was always what was important. So there was that. And then his drinking clouded his judgment and clouded who he is as a person. So like I had to beg for affection. And in November, when I asked him to show me affection and I was like, is there something wrong with me? Are you not attracted to me? Like what's been going on? He lashed out and he said the meanest, most disrespectful, hurtful sentence And he looked me in the eyes and said something so horrible. I will not repeat it. It's extremely embarrassing and very hurtful to me. Um, And ultimately, that's that's what made me decide, like, this is done. He has no respect for me. And I can't do that. I can only take so much abuse and so much, like, not physical abuse, but, like, mental and emotional abuse from someone else's mistakes. Like, yes, he has trauma. And yes, he has things that are the reason why he lashes out and maybe has issues with me and like being a woman in authority. Like I know he has like, he has like some authority issues. And I know that. And like, even if you listen to the podcast, like you'll know that like nobody tells him what to do. Like not even just like, Hey, do you think you could bring that in from the car? Like if you suggest that he has to do something, he won't do it. So like eventually it just becomes really fucking frustrating. And there's like, there's only so much one woman can do. And I had had enough. So no, I didn't give up on him. Drinking wasn't the main reason. It was part of it though. And it probably, well, it was like a huge part of it. And it ultimately was the demise of our relationship because it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And the runaways kept getting worse. And then the incident in September when he um, got one of our best friends to beat him up, like it was just, it was constant self-destruction and I'm not going to stand by and watch it anymore. Um, I asked him to make a decision to choose essentially choose us or alcohol and he doesn't want to give up alcohol so here we are um and then yeah and then when he said that in November that was it for me there was no like I shut it down I had mourned my marriage a long time ago and I knew it was over after a couple incidences this summer um but I felt like you know I owed it to him and to my family to keep going and like separation is not linear like you jump back and forth and you think like hmm, like, should I go back? Do I miss him? Do I miss him? Or do I miss the comfort of someone? Do I miss us? Or do I miss just having someone? Like, there's so many questions. And like, you choose your hard. Marriage is hard, but it doesn't need to be hard every single day. There's definitely going to be like trials and tribulations in a next relationship. But I know that like in my next relationship, I want to be best friends with that person. And I want them to add value to my life. And I want to add value to their life we kind of started our relationship like my ex and I started it on like a basis where we like connected over past trauma but like instead of like 
leaning into each other. We kind of depended on the other person to be each other's happiness. And that's kind of where it all went wrong. Like you have to be okay with you before you expect someone else to bring you happiness. Because when I was expecting him to call or like when he was working away or like be the person that I, when I was putting expectations out there and he wasn't meeting them, then I would get really upset. And then I would get hurt and I would say things that I don't mean and like all of these things. And then I realized like, it isn't up to him to make me happy. I should be able to be happy on my own. Obviously, I want someone who's going to add value and like make me happy. But I also shouldn't have to tell my husband to like give me a call when he's away for three weeks at a time. You know, like it was working away was also a part of our of breaking up like and and the end of our relationship. Like we were living two separate, totally separate lives. And I was so used to being on my own that it was almost like he was just in the way when he was home. And that's not fair, but like he also wasn't trying to not be. So it was just like a, we were always fighting against each other. We had like this thing where we were just like competition all the time. And I'm like, I don't want to compete with you. I want to be your teammate. Like, but he just couldn't love me that way because of the way that like it evolved into like a caretaking position. We just didn't have that partnership. And like, that's okay too. I wish him all the best. Um, and he's a great dad to Jax. So that's all I can ask for is that he'd be a great, continue to be a great dad. What is one thing that you have, that has surprised you about your separation? Um, so that is like a no brainer. It's my strength and independence. Like I have a serious fear. Like it is my, my life's goal for people to love me. My biggest fear ever is that people fall out of love with me or stop wanting to be with me or like, don't want to be my friend or like, I've never been broken up with probably because I run before, (laughs) before that happens. But like, I'm terrified of being broken up with. I'm terrified of being alone. And so knowing that I was that committed to like a healthy, happy lifestyle, whether I was on my own, like was huge for me. I have been terrified of people walking out of my life since I was three years old when my dad walked away, uh, my father. So for me, that was super shocking. Just how committed I am to a happy life, how that I'm able to do the hard thing. I always thought that like I took the easy way out or I kind of, and it just shocked me and also amazed me that I'm stronger than even I know. So the strength was, yeah, I'm, I'm super shocked. And I'm also very proud of myself. And I didn't think that I would be, but like, like I've said before, like a separation doesn't need to be like that sad. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say like, it's not emotional and there isn't like ups and downs and highs and lows, but like truly this is the better option for everyone. So if I'm not finding happiness in this decision, then what the fuck did I do? You know? So I am happy and I am really looking forward to a bright, happy future with healing all of these past wounds and going forward, like just happy. That's all I want. That's all I want is happy. And I just want the chaos to end. I'm so done with the chaos and the highs and the lows and going back and forth and all of those things. I'm really looking forward to this ending and starting a new beginning. So how are you really though? Separation can't be easy. So I got this question so many times in different forms, but that was ultimately it. And I did say like, honestly, right now I'm doing really well. Like end of November to February were super tough. And 
like just chaos and emotions and things that we've never had to deal with before, right? Like you're dealing with such high emotions when you decide to, when you decide to end a relationship and you, if you've never navigated it before, it can be super overwhelming. So yeah, November to February, we're chaos, we're hectic, we're sad, we're hard, um, hurtful. And then especially like December and January, February, we tried because like I said, like separation isn't linear and you always question your decisions and you don't think like you get married for forever. You don't get married to divorce. So making this decision wasn't like an overnight, like, okay, like this is it, we're done. And it, and then it wasn't just over when I said it was over, you know, there was still a lot of challenge and there was still a lot of uncomfortable and then comfort. So you thought maybe going back was a good idea and like, maybe we can work through this. And ultimately though, like there was just too much hurt and too much resentment from both sides, I think for the way that we've each treated each other when hurt. So it just, it just broke down. So I do, obviously I'm not going to sit here and like sugarcoat it. There were, there was a lot of crying. There was a lot of, of, of pain. Um, but on this side of it, I can see why I was so firm in my decision to end it and start anew, like start not a new relationship, not a new direction with my life, more of happiness and genuine enjoyment and less stress and less chaos. Um, because on this side, it's really nice for everyone, including Jordan. I really do think that he is happier or going to be happier on this side of things. And I want the best for all of us. And I just want us to continue to be great co-parents. Um, how is your little one dealing? Well, Jax is, Jax is incredible. Um, I don't know what I did in this life to deserve such an, an amazing tiny human. She is, she's an old soul. She's wise beyond her years, but that doesn't mean that it's not hard on her. And that doesn't mean that I have to, or that I, I should like take that for granted. I'm very much aware that she deals with her emotions way better than anyone I've ever met. Like seriously, better than adults. And so I have taken steps to like put her in art therapy and, um, just to make sure that she is processing this and that she's not harboring any pain or, um, you know, like obviously things got heated and we got into fights in front of her that I wish we never did, but shit happens sometimes. And yeah. And you just got to do better to like not fuck your kids up. Like, I mean, my parents have always said, like, everyone kind of says it, everyone's going to fuck their kids up. It's just to like, what extent? And like, so I'm just trying to be on top of everything and help her manage these emotions because it can't be easy to like go from having your parents together to apart. I don't know what that's like, but I think she's doing amazing. Um, she loves having her time with her dad. Like they've made it super special. I think it's really cool because I'm not around. I'm not in control. So it probably is really nice for her to be with her fun parent. Like I'm a fun parent, of course, but I am with her 90% of the time. So I also have to be like the one that's authoritative. So like not authoritative. I'm not an authoritative parent. Let me just rephrase that. I'm an attachment parent, but I still have to be the one that like, tells her no sometimes, you know? So her dad and her are having a lot of fun and yeah, I think she's doing well. Her sleep is all over the place, but I think that's just who she is as a kid. Um, she just doesn't sleep. <laughs> well, she does, but you know what I mean? 
anyway, yeah, Jax is doing well. Thank you for checking in. But yes, she's doing great. She's resilient. She's happy. She's making the best of all situations. And it's just amazing to see her strength through this. But I can't wait to help her um, navigate these emotions as well. Like I am ready for it now. I think a little bit for the last few months was about us and our emotions. And finally, I'm in a place where like I'm fully welcoming the shit storm if there is one um now that her dad is like moving out and you know we're actually starting this mom and dad co-parenting thing you seem more confident and secure now is this true a hundred percent um I really lost sight of myself while trying to take care of everyone else in my family um by no fault of his and it's just it's just the way that things went I kind of became a caretaker over like a partner or like you know I was kind of mom to everyone and so I stopped taking care of myself and put all of my worry and all of my care into Jordan and Jax and it it ultimately broke me down like I was I was sick for a really long time, like mentally, like my OCD was at an all time high. Everything was getting like, for me was getting pushed to the wayside. Like I wasn't going to doctor's appointments. I wasn't, I was constantly living for other people. And when I realized like that I mattered and that I had to take care of me to be able to continue to take care of everyone else and that I wasn't really in a partnership, but like a caretaker position, that's kind of when I was like, okay, this is a lot for me and like things need to change. Um, so yeah, I started taking care of myself and like, it started just small and I've said it a million times, I think, but I started really paying attention to how I make my coffee in the morning, like taking the five minutes to like froth the milk and perfect it. Like the, the ratio to sugar and oat milk. And like, it sounds so silly, but like if you start something and you do it for 30 days and it's just something small, so you're not putting any pressure on yourself to like maintain like a workout routine or whatever, but you have five minutes, you have five minutes in your day. So if you can take five minutes and do something for you, you should. And this is kind of going to a comment that someone messaged me this week and I had posted about, um, wanting to just like, or reminding my followers to do self-care And she lashed out at me and she was like, I have babies. I don't have time to do self-care. This is like a slap in the face or this makes me this or something like that. This is not encouraging to others. And she was really upset that I apparently forced her to do self-care and she can't. But like self-care in the media is way overrated and like way overdone. Like it doesn't need to be a spa day. It doesn't need to be like a weekend away. It doesn't need to be those things. It starts small. Everything starts small and makes big changes. So that's what I did. I started paying attention to myself. I started doing my hair again, buying myself clothes, like feeling good about myself and taking care of me. And it ultimately changed everything. And I started realizing that I like, I don't need to rely on anyone for my happiness. Like my happiness is within. And then that made me feel just even more secure in who I am and my decisions. Another burning question that you guys have (laughs) really asked a lot about is like whether or not we're dating, what I, if I'm free for dinner, am I on any dating apps? What is going on um, now for that? And like I've said before, 
Uh, I don't, I don't know. I think that everyone is ready when they're ready and it's none of anybody's business to say that you went too fast or you moved on too fast. Like you literally have no idea what this person has either been lacking or not getting in their previous relationship or how long they've actually been out of their marriage without physically being out of their marriage. So I went on a couple dates um, in the in December and like a little bit of January, but then I just, for me, it felt too soon. I felt awkward around the guy. Like it just like, the guy wasn't like the right fit anyway. And I was like, well, fuck, I'm not going to waste my time like trying to make something work with like some random new guy when I just got out of a marriage. Like no way this guy, no. So like it's, it's kind of given me like this, this like power in a way that like ultimately I would rather be on my own than be with someone who doesn't add value to my life. And so it's given me like a little bit of a confidence to know that I'm deserving of like good and, and a good relationship and that like to keep going for that healthy kind of love that I know exists and that I'm deserving of. So I think I'm okay right now. I'm definitely okay right now. So stay latched because it can only get better. 